Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I created the brain. This week, we re-explore dopamine detoxes and probably something else because I'm not sure if I'll be able to talk about dopamine detoxes again for 20 minutes. The first thing to talk about is that we don't have scientific evidence for dopamine detoxes working. There's a possibility that the reason for this is that we don't have research on the topic. I couldn't find any research directly talking about dopamine detoxes, dopamine fasting, or refraining from doing pleasurable things and how that affects your dopamine. Let's first think about what dopamine is. You've heard time and time again probably that dopamine is a pleasure neurotransmitter. It's a feel-good neurotransmitter. And this is not completely true. Dopamine is actually better known to be a learning neurotransmitter. It's involved in strengthening synaptic connections, at least in the beginning stages of forming that connection. Very obviously, this can turn out for not great things. Cocaine, for instance, is a massive source of dopamine. Does this mean that doing cocaine will make you want to do cocaine again? Yes, Yes, it does. That's why it's a highly addictive substance. That's why if you want to eat better, you should make sure you're eating food that's not only good for you, but doesn't taste like absolute and utter garbage. Yes, I'm looking at you, carrots. Awful. You know, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty nonchalant guy. Acceptance, detachment, and hentai. You know, my palate is reasonably wide. I like most food. And even when I don't like the food, I can still eat it without complaining. Pickles, for instance. I'm not a pickle man. However, I find it, if I find it in my McChicken, I'm not going to throw fit. I'll eat it and I'm probably not going to care very much. Then there's carrots. My body genuinely rejects carrots. I cannot consume more than three to four bites of carrot before my body starts gagging and trying to spam the eject button like I just got doomed by a monarch in Titanfall. Carrots are atrocious. They are probably the worst thing to ever exist. If you want something orange, eat an orange, okay? We should make carrots rabbit food and nothing more. Ban carrots. Dopamine, yes. That's what we were here to talk about. Dopamine promotes learning. The reason it feels good is in order to motivate you to do the task again, therefore creating a positive feedback loop, promoting you to do the task again to create that synaptic pathway. I should probably explain what this synaptic pathway thing means. Let's think about your brain as a jungle, unruly, full of foliage and hard to traverse. We want to get from point A to point B. The first time you want to do this, it's going to be quite rough. It won't be a very good time, but we'll make a very crude path from point A to point B. And it'll be really rough because again, it's a jungle, trees everywhere, insects, gross stuff, snakes, grass, just a bunch of hard things to get through. So it'll take a little bit the first time we want to get there. But the first time, after the first time, there's going to be some imprints in the ground. And then maybe we can do it again. We'll know what path to take. If we want to go from point A to point B again, we're going to take that same path. We're going to cut down a few more of the trees. We're going to mow a bit more of the grass. It's still rough, but now it's a little easier. Then we do this again and again. And over time, this slowly becomes easier to traverse this path. 
is the this path is the synaptic pathway that I'm talking about. It makes it easier to do a task bit by bit. It's hard at the beginning and then it gets easier until it's automatic, until you don't have to think about it anymore. After you travel the path enough times, the you will have cleared so much of the grass, the trees and insects and whatnot that it will be super easy to go across that path. Back to the dopamine detoxes, Experts have been asked and have talked about the topic. They say that the idea of getting rid of dopamine isn't a thing. See, dopamine is released in the brain by synapses. And those dopamine molecules travel across what we call the synaptic cleft, which is the space between two synapses. After it goes across the tiny chasm, it goes into receptors, dopamine receptors. And there's a bunch of different receptors that do different things depending on where in the brain this dopamine is shooting, depending on what what type of synapse it's going into, what type of receptor, it, it'll do different things. So although yes, it is mainly a learning neurotransmitter, dopamine can serve many functions, just as any neurotransmitter can serve a multitude of functions rather than what we may directly learn. The brain is complicated. And honestly, the number of neurotransmitters, there's probably probably like double digits somewhere. There's not a bazillion neurotransmitters. They just do different things depending on where they are. And we can mix and match them and do some wild things with them, right? But generally, there's only so many neurotransmitters. We've talked about so many of them over the course of this podcast, especially during the neurology of sleep episode. Anyways, this uh, after the dopamine goes to and hits the receptor, gets gets captured by that receptor, what happens after a very little bit of time, dopamine is not a very long lasting neurotransmitter. It lasts for a very short amount of time. This is why cocaine is one of the drugs that wear out very quickly. Uh, dopamine then travels across that cleft again, that synaptic cleft, back to where it came from. And this last process, going back to the, going back to the, not the shooter neuron, but you know the, the neuron that initially sent it over, this is called reuptake. So the idea of dopamine being detoxed doesn't make any sense. It's not like you have dopamine constantly in your brain, unless you're a cocaine addict, but that's a different problem. So you can't detox dopamine. The idea, the, those words don't make sense in general. You can't do a dopamine fast. If you want to remove all the dopamine in your brain, what will happen is that your brain will stop working. You know, you kind of need it. That's why this doesn't work. So just not doing pleasurable things. If you make it so that your dopamine doesn't fire, you can do that. Fine. Cool. I don't think your brain will care too much, but you can't detox it. That, that's, not a, that's not a thing. That's why it doesn't work, but and that's why there's no research on dopamine detoxes. No one looks into it because they know well that that's not how it works. Uh, but I didn't have this episode idea just to talk about how dopamine detoxes don't work, which I did in the dopamine detox episode. Although I am talking about, you know, although I'm all about recycling content, I'm here to talk about what I briefly spoke on in the dopamine detox episode. People that do it talk about having great effects. They talk about being calmer, more present, more refreshed. We talked about the scientific reasons dopamine detoxes don't work, but let's talk about the science that may give it some support, just a bit. Maybe we'll understand why, for some people, they do report positive experiences 
with these dopamine detoxes. Even me, I mean, by the end of it, it was like, oh, this is nice. I don't have time to become an expert on synaptic plasticity. But the brief readings I've done, I and I'm definitely interested in doing more. That might be a winner break sort of problem. We'll see. Uh, oh, also, everything I'm about to say is my own theory and has no basis in any formal scientific study or claim that I know of. So this is all theory crafting based on my rudimentary knowledge of of the brain and my even more sparse knowledge on synaptic plasticity. Synaptic plasticity is your the brain's ability to to learn things and rewire itself. From the brief readings I've done, after a while of brain development, your brain doesn't exactly get more or less neurons. What happens instead is that you gain synaptic pathways and you lose some that you don't use. It's called the use it or lose it tendency, actually. If you don't actively participate in a habit, it will break down. Those synaptic pathways will weaken. If they didn't, addiction would be a forever disease. And that would suck, although less people might do drugs if that were the case. Who knows? Some of these are a little bit more permanent, right? So remembering a fact, for example, a fact, if you don't recall that fact often enough, you're probably going to forget it many years in the future. However, if, you, for example, muscle memory, again, I don't know much about synaptic plasticity, so I don't know where in the brain that is, probably somewhere in the motor cortex. It seems like muscle memory sticks around for a really long time. If you learn how to ride a bike once, you generally don't forget. You learn how to swim once, you generally don't forget. You might, when you initially start doing again, you might have to warm up a bit, but you don't forget how to do it. The, the general idea sticks around. And that might also be if you did remember, if you learned a fact and then you forgot a fact and then you learned the fact again, you'll probably remember that at one point you knew that fact. So maybe it's something similar to that. So I couldn't find the research on how long it takes for synaptic pathways to start weakening, but let's theorize on why dopamine detoxes might be helpful to people. The first thing to mention is that doing a dopamine detox isn't bad in that it doesn't hurt you. Unless you have a health condition that has some say about what you eat, the act of staying off video games, hentai, and your phone isn't going to physically hurt you in any way, unless you have a real addiction, in which case, good luck with, 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 with good luck with withdrawal. What? That is a good luck with withdrawal. That's, that's a, that's a tongue twister and a half, isn't it? Now, what makes dopamine detoxes work? The first thing is placebo. That definitely has a big part in it, I'm, I'm very sure. The feeling of being refreshed, the feeling of being free, and although that may partly be because you're finally not eating 10 donuts for breakfast anymore and your mind isn't being filled with Twitter arguments, there's definitely a big placebo effect going on. With all the great videos and opinions you see about it online, if you actually go through with doing it, you'll probably carry that expectation and that expectation will help will manifest itself through the placebo effect but as a listener of this podcast you know that expectation is the thief of joy and as much an enemy uh, of humanity as carrots so you wouldn't do that you wouldn't expect something would you aside from placebo let's say you have a few bad habits of picking your phone up too much hentai or anything like that and you get used to doing these things they're not as strong as addictions just strong habits that you're not a big fan of and by taking a week to completely disrupt your life and stop doing those things, there's a chance that maybe you disrupt the building of those synaptic pathways. Again, I'm not sure how long it takes or what it depends on, but you might get some wiggle room to get out of those habits that you don't like, which is a pretty helpful thing. Of course, the other thing dopamine detoxes can give you, and the other thing that I did this for, is discipline. Depriving yourself of pleasure for X amount of time is something I've done multiple times. It's 
not fun. It's not a great experience, especially in the moment. But afterwards, it definitely feels pretty solid. I don't know if you can carve a week out of your life. It's a long time. I know at this point in my life, I couldn't do that. That would be, could I? Huh. Actually, I probably could, right? I just have to stop watching YouTube videos for a week. Maybe a dopamine detox shouldn't be harmful to your life. It's not like you have to stop working. You just have to eat you know, food like vegetables, and then you have to not watch YouTube and Netflix. You know what? You could do a dopamine detox for a week, no matter where you are in life. A dopamine detox doesn't make you unable to do anything that you need to do in order to live. Like, especially in terms of like, your like, it doesn't affect your job. If anything, it'll make your job better. You'll be less distracted. You can carve a week out of your, you can carve a month out of your life to do. You, I, I was going to say that you don't need to do a dopamine detox. You can do it for a day. You, you can do it whenever the frick you want to. Don't, don't, you don't get an excuse. I'm not giving you an excuse. I just realized that you don't get an excuse. No excuse. However, if you want to go way more extreme with it, not just don't do what you find non or what you find pleasurable for a week. Uh, there have been days where I just I do literally nothing. Like I I wake up, I brush my teeth, and I shower because I need to do those things in order to exist. And then I sit on the floor for a day. I just the first time I did it, I think it was about six hours. Uh, then there was another time I meditated for five hours. Then there was another time I did 10 hours. And then the last time I did it, which was some time, it was, uh, it was the week that I did my dopamine detox for the dopamine detox episode. That week, I, spent, I did 12 hours, which was the longest I went. And yeah, I, I sat on the floor for 12 hours. Nothing. There was, there was nothing going on at all. It was... It was boring, let me tell you. But if you want to go a bit, a lot more extreme, that's what you can do. Even if you don't want to do a day, 12 hours is a long time. One hour of like staring at the wall is honestly not a bad idea. It's a great meditation technique in, in, in all honesty. What this can do, however, which is the point here of this, this episode, is that it may shake your habits loose. You know, when you don't want those habits, when you have some negative habits that you don't like or negative habits that you're not into doing this dopamine detox for a week may make it so that again if you pick your phone up or something like that if you stop doing that for a week it may make it so again we have these synaptic connections which are what habits are right they're just really strong synaptic connections so if we stop doing it for a week if we stop traveling that path in the jungle for one week there's a chance that some grass will grow on it again maybe a tree or two will, will start sprouting up over there and so it might fill that path again making your brain less likely and making it harder for your brain to do the thing which will make it easier for you to stop doing the thing or cut down on doing the thing a lot so if you have something if you have a negative habit that you don't want to have, then a dopamine detox may, again, not scientific. This is my theory crafting with neuroscience that I know of, and I might be completely wrong, and this might not work at all. I, I, I would, I, uh, but, you know, my, my pride wants to say it might work a little bit. But again, there's, I, I have not had the time to go look deep into the research for this. So again, take what, you know, don't, fully again if you do this it's not like it's going to hurt you so if you do it it's fine i don't mind giving this advice out even if like the worst that happens is nothing happens but there's a chance that these negative habits will get shaken loose a bit and it'll give you a leg up on trying to beat these habits if you stop smoking 
for a week, for example, if you're a smoker and you stop smoking for a week, then it'll probably be a little bit easier on the the eighth day to say, you know, I, I stopped for a week. Might as well keep going. Let's see how long we can go. And then you take it one day at a time and you go listen to that episode about one day at a time again. What a great philosophy. I don't know how well of a job I did in that episode because honestly, I forget what the episodes sound like after I record them and edit them. But, you know, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, it, it may be a better idea to tackle one bad habit at a time. This is one thing that I thought about. Uh, maybe t- tackling one bad habit with pinpoint precision is a good idea. So, again, say you're a smoker and you're a phone addict. You get on your phone too much, too much social media, and you smoke. And you want to kill both of these habits. Maybe it's a better idea to pinpoint very specifically that smoking habit and then chill out on, uh, and then after the smoking habit is taken care of, then work on the phone habit. A dopamine detox is way more of a shotgun method for hitting all of your negative habits, just all of them at once it is it, it's rough it's it can be really hard and keeping up with it for a week is, is honestly a great challenge in discipline what we see is that the the ability to deprive yourself of everything that you hold dear for one week is, is it turns out to be really helpful in, in terms of self-control and the i'm really i really enjoy the idea of being able to promise yourself something regardless of the episode where I where I lie where I talked about how I lie to myself being able to say that you're going to do something and doing it I think that's super respectful super important and a super great thing to have as a, a human being so for example if you say you're going to do a dopamine detox for one week you're not going to touch your phone or and and all the other things to be able to actually go through with that I think is great. I think especially like if you make promises to other people that you're going to do something, you should be a man of your word or a woman of your word, a human of your word. You should you should be able to keep up with your word. I think that's a super important thing to have. Don't unless something very spontaneous and serious pops up, if you tell someone you're going to do something or if you tell yourself genuinely you're going to do something, not in terms of the thing I said about lying to yourself. That was for, you know, that was for for uh, self-help reasons, self-improvement reasons. But in terms of telling yourself you're genuinely going to do something positive and promising yourself you're going to, breaking that is, you know, if you can't do it with yourself, why, why you know, doing it for others is actually doing it for others would actually be easier. Um, but you should have that consistency and that, that loyalty to your word. I, it's just a super important trait to have as a human being sure i can sit here and talk about how successful people keep their word blah 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 blah. i don't care okay if you want to talk if you want to hear that stuff go read all the books that i've read where they say all of that i'm just saying that as a human being to be decent in order to be a decent human being and also for enlightenment one of the ways to enlightenment is uh, the observation of the self which involves simple things like being kind being you know clean so good hygiene and things like that Maybe maybe we should make an episode on that. My thing just uh, my my script is completely my script just died and now I'm sad. Um, so maybe you have this sort of thing. You you have this idea. I don't I don't even know what I was saying. My script just my script fell apart and now now I'm lost. Goodness gracious. Okay, well my keyboard is behind me right now, so I can't open my computer. 
So that, uh, in terms of neuro connections and and whatnot, that's going to be all. I, I think this episode went way more neurological than I initially anticipated when I had the idea for the episode. But I'm really really happy with where it went uh, overall. I've been watching The Flash on the Netflix, which Netflix is messing up, man. Netflix is doing bad bad job. They are bad jobbing. And then there's, uh, then of course, I'm still watching Code Geass season two. I'm on episode 10 out of 25, so a little less than halfway there. And then No New Music has came out. And I've been listening to a ton of No Sleep stories on YouTube again, especially from Dark Somnium. This guy makes some really, really, really good, ep- not episodes, really, really good videos he he masters all of the work and he like there's sounds and and it's a way more of a audio auditory experience just all around and i would i would highly recommend it i think the best stories i've heard so far is the thing in the basement is getting better at mimicking people that was really good i like the twist at the end and then there was um my job is to watch a girl trapped in a room that one was really good. The The music and sound stuff in that one was absolutely incredible. And then uh, the girl that the universe forgot. Those three are, are like absolutely incredible. And then there's some, there's just a lot of the stuff he does is great. Oh, Tommy Taffy, the third parent. I really liked that one. It was a good story. And uh, yeah, th- th- those are going to be my four recommendations if you're, if you're into that if you're into audio stuff i mean you listen to a podcast and so those he narrates fictional stories written by other people and he does audio stuff for it so it's really good if you want to go listen to it on youtube dark somnium Uh, shout out to shout out to the dude i don't know him but i I really like it so yeah that's going to be all for this episode of seriously funny thank you so much for listening and or watching i will talk at you again next week much love dopamine your dopamine i have no idea what i was going to say there's going to be something clever there and and my script is my script is gone and i i'm nothing without my script so thank you again i will see you see you talk at you i'm saying the same thing two times peace